0: Hi everybody, my name is Colin Lake, and this is the Great Lakeskirer Podcast. I want you to know that I'm always continually working on improving myself mentally and physically to stay strong, to stay sharp, and to become as resilient as possible. My hope is to talk to as many smart people as I can and use the knowledge from them to help drive the human race to a stronger, healthier, and happier one. This is a podcast to help people improve themselves with self-care through movement and strength. We will talk to smart and strong individuals that use the tools that we believe in. Steel clubs, maces, and of course, kettlebells. I'm a strong first elite instructor and have trained clients for 10 years before switching careers. Now, as the owner of greatlakesgear.com, I wanna help educate and motivate people to become better versions of themselves. To utilize these tools like I do and many others do as well, This is a podcast to pick the brains of smart and knowledgeable individuals and help you become harder to kill. If you're listening to this and enjoy it, please give us a follow and a review on Apple. Enjoy the next podcast. And I had a wonderful time reviewing this podcast. This podcast was shot or recorded a very long time ago. Uh, Drew, I do apologize for taking so long to get this out. Uh, Going over this it was uh, just such a an amazing conversation with you, and I can't thank you enough for your time Uh, So thank you very much much appreciated Drew is an expert kettlebell instructor and owner of kettlebell academics He knows his shit when it comes to training and he has trained both kettlebell sport and hard style I just want to say thanks for joining us today and if you haven't already give us a follow on Apple or Spotify uh, we're going to have a lot of great guests with some fantastic knowledge coming your way. That is going to be helping you to become a better functioning human, also harder to kill, more resilient, and less susceptible to injury, and quicker to recover after injury. All very important stuff uh, if you value moving well and staying healthy. So I want to say thank you very much, uh, Drew, for coming on the show today or the podcast. Uh, we'll dive right in. Um how did you become involved with kettlebells and why do you continue to use them for a sustained amount of time all
1: right well thanks colin first of all it's a pleasure to be here pleasure to be on your podcast and always a great chance you know a chance to talk about kettlebells and strength and conditioning i'm always fortunate man so uh, pleasure to be here uh to answer your question so actually i got introduced to kettlebells back in 2006. um so shout out to jamu uh, bernard that's my boy uh he was kind of my first mentor into kettlebell training uh, he had a certification uh, called the Kettlebell Training Specialist Program, and it was one of those times, one of the things at a time where I was new into the game, I guess about four or five years into personal training, and I was in the mindset, always trying to take something new, take a new course, you know, go to workshops, like always just trying to add new tools to the toolbox. So kettlebells really started as a curiosity thing um as something that you know let me just see what it's about and and if it's something that can help me in my my growth as a trainer and as a coach then i'm all for it and you know i took the certification course the weekend course 16 hours you know eight hours of each day and i tell you after the first day it kicked my ass like I, I, the the feeling, the fatigue, the the muscles that I hadn't experienced or felt in a while, and what it really brought me back to was my times and my years playing sports. You know, I've been I'm a natural athlete, played a bunch of sports when I was younger growing up, and it really brought back that feeling of just those muscles when you you know say you go I don't know if you over well, sport you played whether it's hockey or basketball whatever it is and you haven't played for a while and you go out and play for the first time in a while and you feel those muscles that are sore and achy and you're you're reminded of those certain muscles that you use when you're playing a sport and I got that feeling after the first day of that course so finished that course and you know started to uh, work with clients and started using it on my own and I really enjoyed the results I was getting for myself personally, and the results I was getting for clients. They were feeling stronger. They were feeling more confident in what they were, you were doing. Their range of motion was improving. So it really just really sparked from there. And, and to say why you know why I kept doing it, it just once I find something that I enjoy doing and I can explore it and figure out why it, it, it works so well, and it just yeah I just can't couldn't put the bell put couldn't put the bell down once I started using that's, it. That's so.
0: that's fantastic. I appreciate you telling me that. Uh, telling all the listeners that that's uh, that's a wonderful wonderful thing. I always ask people how they're getting involved with kettlebells and why they keep using them. Um, it's uh, everyone kind of finds their own love with them and 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 uh, why uh, they want to use them. Uh, a lot of times it can be the same, but uh, it it can change from person to person. Um, Definitely. With uh, training prior, to that uh, did you do much like uh, multi-planar movement and uh, getting into kind of that. Moving in different directions while training, or were you like more sagittal kind of base, like barbell approach? Like, what what was uh, your kind of training uh, prior to kettlebells?
1: So, I think like a lot of people, I originally got introduced to training through the bodybuilding kind of eyes, bodybuilding views. Um, you know, a couple of friends who had gym memberships, and you start going with them to the gym. And yeah, you know, I've always been a naturally strong guy, so once I started doing, you know, some lifting. You start working on bench presses and lat pull downs and, you know, you start to see the weights going up and, you know, you can start getting intrigued by that. And so I, that's how I got into it. Um, and then as I was playing sports and got a little more competitive to playing sports, uh, typically in university, I was playing football and, you know, you start working through their strength and conditioning programs. So there I got to experience more of, um, like heavy, more weightlifting, like strongman lifting in terms of like heavy loads. But then also more dynamic movement stuff, play, change of direction, uh, work on explosive work, agility work, um, getting to the multi work, things like that. That will translate to you know playing on the field, obviously. Uh, so it wasn't with kettlebells, but it was things like medicine balls and plow metrics and things of that nature. So I had that experience before I started using kettlebells. So once I got into kettlebells, it brought back all those feelings and, and really the way I enjoy training. Like I, I liked. The bodybuilding style of training like the individual muscles you train every day because the, the results i saw like i naturally saw results pretty quickly but then you also get the aches and injuries and little nagging stuff here and there um and then you know i always trained a lot as well because i also like playing sports and being physically active so kettlebells i found was a good uh bridge to bring those two together and once I got introduced to kettlebells, and the more I got into it, the more I really just stoked that fire for feeling strong and moving strong, but also moving like an athlete and being able to move dynamically and, you know, me, I'm a big guy. So if I can still move like a guy who's, you know, two thirds of my size, that's a, that's always kind of like a, a mental picture that I have for myself
0: well if any of the listeners have uh have seen your instagram uh you can definitely move uh your flows <laughs> and your movement uh, are on point and uh yeah they're uh no no one can do them better than you so uh and, and you lead by example you do an amazing job uh with moving well and staying strong uh the, I athletic, the athletic i really look up to you and what you do um the flows you put together and the the weights that you move and make it that bell look uh, light is uh, is magical and no one really knows uh, how like efficient you are at actually moving unless you actually tried that stuff. Um, so it's uh, it's excellent stuff. And I, I liked how you you were uh, heavily involved in was football. Football. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So football. You're doing a, like um, a, well. Obviously, you want to be big and strong. Uh, so you're getting the big compound movements when you're training for that. But then you're also getting that multiplanar movement, agility, top uh, like speed stuff happening. Uh, out on the field. So you're getting that, that multi planer movement, you're, you're getting that as an athlete uh, with your training through that. It's just neat um, because I, I was, uh, tried to become a professional soccer player in Canada, which probably wasn't the best country to do it in, but, uh, and late in the game. But um, I played with uh, some seven professional athletes in Canada and well, CSL, in the CSL, and I played, played and trained with them. And um, it did, it, the kettlebell, well, my main point is the kettlebell does bring back that athletic feeling. And it's it's amazing um I, I really enjoy it i uh when i couldn't become a fresh soccer player i i switched into training got a job a good life and started training um so to find that that feeling again is is very nice so uh, if you're have been an athlete or you've been into sports before and uh you like that feeling but you want to do something that's uh challenging and you're going to replicate that but it's going to get you stronger feel better and uh, be more athletically inclined, then uh, kettlebell uh, is definitely for you. Um, so moving on from that, um, did you start with, so there's a couple different styles of kettlebell um, training. So kettlebell sport and kettlebell or hard style. So can you touch upon the differences between those?
1: Sure. Uh, so we'll start with the hard style. So hard style is, I mean, kind of going off the word hardstyle, so it's very hard in terms of the intensity approach to it. So it's very technically sound, but it's more about, if I had to distinguish the two, hardstyle is about max intensity and efficiency um, over a shorter period of time, whereas with kettlebell sports, it works more in terms of the long game. It's more the endurance game. So the efficiency obviously is there and the technical aspect to it, and even the weights are heavier, but with kettlebell sport, it's all about max efficiency and volume. So the the and I guess why I enjoy doing both is it really t- it goes with both spectrums. Already. It ha- it highlights the extremes of both spectrums, and the ability to do that with one tool. So you know, with the hard style approach, you know you're looking at max tension intensity for your presses and your Turkish get-ups. Like being able to cultivate every muscle in your body like how i i kind of the analogy. you're trying to squeeze every ounce of juice out of every muscle of your body and all at the same time like you're the turkish getup guy and i'm sure you could go on for hours about the intensity and the, how much you have to rev up your body to be able to move that 60 kg off the ground for for a turkish get up
0: for sure, the uh, it's funny to bring up the getup. Uh, there was a post the other day. Yeah, it was a very controversial post, and the guy that was posting definitely wanted to get uh, some people commenting on it. But he, was, <laughs> he was saying like he had like him doing the getup, and he was saying the Turkish up, get-up is a bad movement. And uh, anyway, I think I'm going to be. Uh, what do you think that? What do you think about the Turkish getup?
1: I, I think anybody who thinks it's a bad movement has just had a bad experience with it.
0: Yeah, Cause enough. I,
1: you know, because I, I think really you know any anything could be a bad movement if you're if you're not taught it properly or you don't have a good learning curve through it you know anybody could say that a deadlift is a bad exercise if they've had a bad experience that you have everybody has a rivaling opinion on every exercise or every, everything that's out there right so i, I get it. you're going to talk to someone who's been doing Turkish get ups for 17 years and you're going to say it's a bad movement i haven't experienced one injury doing it and on the flip side it's actually helped me rehab an injury that i experienced through weightlifting with a barbell. So I'll just go off my experience from that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I really appreciate your answer, Drew. Um, <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll have to get this. I forgot his name, but maybe I'll have to get him on the podcast. He's a writer for some, some um, fairly large company, uh, I think. But anyway, uh, it would be interesting to get him on and chat about it. Um, well,
1: you know, you know, the other thing you always, always got to be mindful of, especially when it comes to online, is that everybody's an expert in what they believe in. And it's always they have a platform that they can express that and if they want to they can rival if somebody has a different opinion so Right he can say that his Tur- the turkish get up. He's done it He could say it's the worst exercise because he probably had a bad coach or watched a bad youtube video on how to do it and that's what that was his experience where I'm sure if he talked to you or I and maybe you've got some good coaching in it. You might be able to experience uh, a better side to. It. I
0: am biased because I absolutely lo- like. Lo- I'm just really strong with the getup. But initially, oh, yeah. I, um, I, I like. I've buggered my shoulders up uh, quite something fierce. I've broken my scapula, broken my collarbone, separated my shoulder. I've got uh, multiple laceration up here. Like I've fucked my shoulders up, and yep. uh, yeah, I uh, I appreciate the getup because the shoulder really is can connect connect to that torso and get that uh, oblique slings, that the, the fascial connections uh, working properly the way that they, they're they designed to. So I would argue all day uh, against anybody that the Turkish get-up is a fantastic exercise for damn near everybody.
1: Uh, well, well, sorry, well, I know we want not get to other questions, but the thing that I would say with that, I would just ask him why he feels that way. Like what was his argument to why he feels the Turkish get-up is the worst exercise in the world? Right, I think he was
0: trying to say that most people uh, they don't. They, well, you said that most people don't do it with good form. Well, obviously, you have to get good good form before you do it, right? That would be a good reason why you don't like it. If you're doing something shitty, it's gonna feel shitty. Uh, but, so, that
1: the, and, and you know what? That that makes perfect sense. That that's no reason to say that's a bad exercise. It means that you've had bad coaching.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then you were saying something about like it's 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 uh, a multiple. It's it's uh, like a whole bunch of different steps put into one movement, and, and that's the case. But like you put them together as one movement. Now I've been playing around with like I'm I'm playing around. I'm kind of uh, doing my own thing. Like I wouldn't instruct someone to do what I'm doing with how, fast get-ups and the, the the how many I'm doing with the weight that I'm doing. But I kind of I got a goal I want to do uh, 60 Turkish get-ups with a 48 kilogram in 30 minutes. Yeah, I saw, is, that. I saw yeah, that.
1: You're nuts.
0: You're nuts. Y- yeah, I am a different breed on that. because I. <laughs> I actually, I mentioned it to Mark Rifkind and I had my, 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 uh, numbers incorrect. And I'm like, you know what? I actually think that's possible. So I'm going to go for it. But anyway, um, but, but
1: can I, can I just say one thing? And, and sure. I, keep, I hope you want to keep this in is that I think this is one of the beautiful things about kettlebells is that everybody has their own individual strength or power with the kettlebell. Like for you, it's the Turkish getup for, uh, I'm going to shout out, uh, somebody, is it wandering good it. Down in Texas, who this man can bottoms up press two forty kilogram, like that's dude. He's
0: unreal, unreal.
1: That's, dis- that's disgusting. So if he he's, hears this, shout out, shout he's out. He's going to be on the somewhere. podcast.
0: He's he's coming on. All right, yeah. shout
1: him out, shout him out. Like yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? And this is where you look at it, is that it, because the kettlebell is such a versatile tool, such a unique tool, and a tool that allows you to find your own individual strength. For somebody, it might be the explosive speed dynamic. Like me, I'm a power guy, and I'm a good agility coordination guy. That's why the flows and complexes are easy for me. For some people who are just natural, strong man, heavy, can just cultivate that tension. Lifters, like, let well, me we just shout out with Juan Guilherme down in Texas. Like, you talk about Maverick and what he does. Maverick uh, Fieldhouse down in, in Florida. Like, I'll shout out all the boys out there. I mean, all those guys, all those kettlebell guys. But this is about it, you know, and when you're willing to go through it, again, think we'll touch upon this a little bit later, is that You know, because it's such a skill development tool. You know, these guys and you know people who are watching and seeing their Instagram posts. You're watching one clip of that is the sum of thousands and thousands of reps and failed, missed reps, and you know hurt wrists and strained fingers and all (laughs) the other shit that they've gone through. But seriously, like when you think about how when when you think about and and you know one of your messages you talk about is, is you know what I want my message about kettlebells to be. And this is kind of one of that out there is that, you know, people who see these, you know, amazing feats on people's Instagram posts, but when you go behind the scenes and you see all the work and the years that went into putting those results out there, like people look at me and know me as a flow guy, it was nine years into my experiences with kettlebells before I even attempted doing flows. So people are gonna see my success and think it's instant, I got, I got this naturally. And then on the flip side, try to want to do it themselves. Just know that what I do was years of practice and thousands of reps and understanding the philosophy and the mechanics and how my body physiologically moves. With you know, well. uh, you I just want to put that out there.
0: No, it's great. <laughs> and you got me actually thinking, I'm like, do you know what it's like? I'm like the different like styles, like the hard style, the kettlebell sport um, and uh, flows like it's like different doctors it's like an optometrist versus your general practitioner. Like it's yep. like serious, like different applications, different uh, reasons behind why they're doing what they're doing um, with kettlebell sport. Like it seems like they're going for a lot of efficiency for a very long period of time. And like it's a very much different position when you're doing that overhead. Like you're trying to, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, cause I am not in experienced with kettlebell sport. I have mainly done hard style. I am now, exploring my options as my body. I'm, I'm uh, outside of the box. I don't like uh, uh, being told that I have to use something one specific way because if you of look course. at a lot of strong people, like they, if you dissect how they're doing it, it's probably not exactly the way that, that this course taught you or that course taught you. It, maybe it is, but they, sometimes those strong people put a little bit of variation on it and it's in those details that you can check it out. And you look at those details and then it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, yep, with what they're definitely. doing and it's all with goals right and it's all yeah. what you want and then uh, you can tailor with what technique or with what uh, skill you're going to use to get that, that goal
1: well uh, you bring up a good point there and I'm going to reference uh, Tim Grover's book winning which I'm reading right now um, awesome book anybody who hasn't read that uh, go check it out even his first book relentless amazing book um, but he talks about kind of your exact point there is that you know I guess call it the road to success, the road to growth, like whatever it is, whatever you want to define, growth, success, results that you're looking for. You know, the ones who are willing to go through that process and especially experience those troubles are the ones who can take information that they get and then they learn to put their own spin on it or they learn to explore that information and they're willing to figure out. You know more than just the information that they get, like more than just that surface layer. Like what you just said there, like you know you take a course and then you don't just stop with this course that you got, the information you got there. You continue to dive into it. Like you've probably experienced, explored more about the Turkish getup than most people, knowing all the nuances and ins and outs of it. Just to be able to get that roll of sixty kilogram, because you got to really dive into those fine, really small details, right? But that's where you get these, you know, amazing feats, you know, glamorous results. It's the willingness to dive in deeper and go beyond just the information that you got, but figure out more. And then also drawing in other pieces of information that you've gotten, like learning about how you pressed it with your chest. might've come from your bench pressing things or, you know, but it's learning to take all sons of information and experiences and then take all that and then be able to apply it and figure out more than just the information of what you got originally.
0: Yeah. I'll give you a good example for everybody right now. So I've been, uh... I want to do a, uh, well, I was talking with Adam Glass, a grip expert on a, uh, another podcast, and he was looking at me to do a getup, and he was saying, I think you can do the 80. Now, he's like a serious strong man, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, 80? I'm like, that's insane. Um, but now it got me thinking, I'm like, it actually, I think it is possible. I got, I pr- arm pressed the uh, floor, um, uh, floor pressed the uh, 72 the other day, and it actually, didn't feel bad. Now, about a year ago, there was no way I would even get that up. And then even to hold it with one arm, it would feel like it was going to snap. Um, and it wasn't even hurting, and I it could get it up. Now, I, I'm not going to – people are, like, uh, commenting. They're like, oh, d- what are you doing that? Like, you, you can't even floor press it up. No shit I can't fucking floor press it up. It's fucking 72 kilograms. I'm mean, Right. Like, with one arm. What with one Right. Arm. But
1: just because you can't do it now doesn't mean that you can't do it if you keep working on it right, right? And, and and i think that's and i think that's an important point there is that you know what adam said to you there was he just said to you okay go climb that mountain you've never climbed before all right so he gave you put a big feet in front of you to Turkish to, to get the 80 kilo okay So, it's a bigger feat, something you haven't done before. And all that means is now, like I just said, you got to take the information and stuff that you've learned already, and now you got to start digging a little bit deeper. Now, you got to start working your way up the mountain, which might take you eight to 10 days to get to the summit, but you work your way up there incrementally. So, now he's giving you a challenge that you're going to work through all the steps figuring out the floor press, figuring out how to maintain tension in your lockout, figuring out your initial roll up. Like you're going to go through all the steps where eventually you're going to be able to turkish get the 80 kg. For sure. so that's I'll all That's, te- all, that's all. happened there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you like some of the details that I can tell and share right now, and just the get up, we may have to do a part two, by the way, this conversation is going really well. Uh, it and might. Uh, we might have to do a part two on this. Um, but or, the or, get or up
1: or or maybe is edited to have a part one and part two. Like, yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I like to talk, man. I'm, I'm a good yeah. No, it's it really good, stuff, man. So.
0: And we're both super passionate about this, so it's it's uh, it's comes comes easy. Um, sure. when I'm rolling over with the getup, like uh, that serious way, like it's not broken into a uh, an individual movement. Sorry, it's not broken into uh, separate parts. I I blend it together because I'm using that roll to get that big fucking bell up in the air and i don't think i'll ever actually be able to press it up one arm if i could that'd be amazing but that's not i am okay with i use two hands like that's a big fucking battle like i'm 180 yeah. pounds yeah. and like that's i will roll it up press it up and then uh with the wrist this is i'm talking about the new uh nuances the details with the wrist i for a very long time i went very hard style and kept a uh, neutral or slightly flexed wrist now, when you're get, getting taught about this stuff, they, t- they t- teach you about the power point of the palm. Yep. And when you're fully flexed, you are hiding your power point of the palm. If you think about striking somebody, like if you don't wanna strike them with a flex wrist, you're gonna break your wrist, you're gonna, or if you punch then that's a different story, but there's a lot of power behind that power uh, point of the palm. Anyway, yep. when you're doing that flex wrist, long story short here, Powers and the details. I've been playing with going with a slightly extended wrist. It's feeling much better. It's not breaking my arm, and you're not fighting uh, that that flexion, right? So yep. if you focus with a, if you look and dissect at a lot of strong people when they're doing heavy stuff like that, you'll see a slightly extended wrist. So it's yep. the details like that that uh, that will uh, allow you to break down barriers and get to the goals. So if you're looking well, up to do Yeah, no, definitely
1: hand hand and wrist position. And again, it's a little subtle details that are key because, you know, even going on the other side of the spectrum with kettlebell sport, there is a nuance in terms of wrist and hand position where you do have a slight extension and it's that in sense, in terms of taking tension off the forearm. So particularly in the lockout position, um, well, it's a little bit different between a snatch and say a jerk or a long cycle. So when you're doing say a long cycle and jerk set where your hand is more in that rack position consistently, there is a position in terms of being able to take pressure off of um, the engagement of the forearms by trying to a pressure off the bones. So when you think about the ulna and the radius and uh, the forearm bones. If you can find that even distribution, where a lot of cases it's that diagonal handle sitting along the along the hand, where you can touch contact here on the outside of the forearm, have the contact on the inside of the forearm, and be able to actually rest your hand in your wrist. Because when you think about kettlebell sport, where it's it's pretty much strength marathon, where you're doing you know, volume of reps and you can't put the bell down. It's all about what are your weakest features are gonna be. And in all most cases, unless you walk on your hands all day, your weakest features are all here. So so that but it's so it's funny how you talk about that because what you're looking for there again is is quality and efficiency of muscle tension without applying too much tension to one direct area. Because when you think about a heavy pressing one, yes, you miss the point of Where your strength center is, because again, with wrist flexion, now the center of your forearm now is off center from where you're going to be positioning the 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 handle. So yeah, by having a little more wrist extension, being able to sit it into the heel of the palm, you can get more of that distribution where this engagement is there in the wrist and forearm. Um, So again, it's it's about being able to apply that max effort, but again, doing the most efficient way. And this is like, and I think it's one of the tricky things when it comes to the. I call it the art and science of kettlebell training is to be able to understand that and be able to apply that and then be able to engage that, whether it's multiple times in a you know, mid intensity, high rep set, or if you're doing a one rep max set, where it's, you gotta be able to have to condition your forearm to muscle up that press or finish that Turkish getup. So it's, it's interesting to how those small details can apply in either direction. Like, and going back to the question you asked me about between, um, between sport and hard stop.
0: For sure, it's it's uh, it's really interesting the subtleties and the differences. Um, with uh, we can go on forever about that, but we with, can. yeah <laughs> we can. yeah you, yeah absolutely. <laughs> we, hey, we wait, pro-
1: hey hey you know what? So I cut you off. People are gonna appreciate this. Like this is content. It, this is stuff that you know when two coaches are talk like this. I, I find it's always the ad lib freestyle where all those, that's where the nuggets come out. And that's where for all, sure. All, you know, Absolutely.
0: I like uh, going off the plan, off the, uh, off <laughs> yeah. the plan path for sure.
1: It might, it might mean some good editing from you though. You have to use some good editing on this one.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm a terrible editor. <laughs> I think everyone will, will like it as is. This is a great uh, fly by the seat of your pants. It's funny cause there I came know. in with a plan and we t- probably had a better conversation with uh, just going with free than we did with my yeah. plan, that's but with stacks, um, I'm just thinking about that position. Um, in efficiency and, and resting and, and, and taking a break, you wanna uh, just thinking about efficiencies when you're doing uh, long endurance type of stuff. You wanna stack those bones and use those oh. bones, right? It's, uh, it's a little bit different. That's a little bit of a break and therefore being more efficient. So you wanna let that tension go. So um, yeah. anyway, moving on. Okay, so <laughs> I'm. <laughs> uh, Close, complex, single movements. Can you explain uh, which each one is good for and where would you favor one over the other? Okay, well,
1: we'll start with single movements because that's the most important because that's where you really establish your foundation. That's where you establish your practice, your understanding the consistency required of your technique that every rep doesn't necessarily have to be perfect, but every rep feels as close to the same as possible. So whether it's a rack squat that you're doing, whether it's a push press or a jerk, whether it's snatches, swings, like especially when you get into the ballistic stuff, you know, the single reps, you know, and this is, I think, one of the things I'll, I maybe my, my profile as the flow king or whatever you want to call it can get misconstrued is that, again, I learn those things or I'm able to do those things because I have thousands and thousands of reps banks of understanding each movement. The only reason why I know how to connect the snatch into a bent press or whatever the case may be is because I've worked those movements time and time again to know all the nuances, all the ins and outs. Same ways we talked about you understanding the nuance of the Turkish getup that you can continue to excel. So the single movement is always gonna be the, the the foundation of any programming. It's what I do, 75-80% of my workouts is built on single exercises you know so i just want to when-
0: interrupt you for one sec here um, sure. and just say with the single movements too like and if i was to teach somebody um exercises and if somebody's starting out i in my recommendation and i'll uh, ask you for yours on it um would i would start with hard style and maintaining that tension and that more of that uh postural alignment um in terms of like if you were to start with kettlebells like if you were to go with kettlebell like if your goal was i want to use kettlebells right and it wasn't i want to do kettlebell sport or it's not i want to do ke- hard style kettlebells so i want to use kettlebells i would say to somebody that i would i would say okay i would go with hard style first because it's getting that uh that neutral kind of spine position and it's teaching that core engagement and getting that tension which is um very very important skill to have um do you do you have like any uh, input on uh if someone was to just say i want to use kettlebells like which style uh, would you recommend going to first and why
1: so what i would say I, I agree with what you're saying there because i think the hard style gives you a more singular approach to learning technique so it gives you a real detailed approach to learning just this specific technique this is just this specific skill and so where i would say the hard style would be important so I think a lot of it depends on what the individual's experience background is beforehand, um, just fitness in general. And then if they have experience, if they're new, new to kettlebells completely, then, you know, looking at what their experience is just with exercise, with revving up intensity in their body, how they feel with discomfort, like you're going to test those things. So I would start with the heart style, but where I would start with are your basics of deadlift squat, like you said, like learning to, maintain alignment through the kinetic chain, learning hip function, like going after the the bare bones, basic stuff, and then getting to understand the difference of what a kettlebell feels like in their hand, difference from a dumbbell or anything that they've used uh, in the past.
0: And walking before they run. So uh, hell, yeah, (laughs) getting those basics in and getting a qualified coach and getting those, those basics in before you start doing some crazy flows or or anything like that. You have
1: to like like the thing that I say a lot, and you know i look I love the comments and the feedback I get you know when my when I post stuff and I guess sometimes I wish people would say, how did you, how did you learn to do that or you know maybe it's on it's on me I think it's on me to establish that, but you know it's just I want people to really recognize that that's not the starting point like seeing me do a flow is not the starting point of kettlebells, and it's not the best starting point to jump into kettlebells and i you I, I know I was going to use this analogy at some point in this podcast, I'll figure I'll just use it now. You know, when I look at kind of where kettlebells are going, it's 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 kind of like becoming the typo of fitness, where people are getting more into the, the show, the highlight real stuff, like I call it the shiny object syndrome, where the stuff that looks cool, that's what people want to jump into.
0: And, you know, it's I, you know, very I'm, attractive.
1: It is. It's very attractive. And you know, the thing about it, I love it. I, I love the fact that people see something that, you know, looks good, is sparking an interest. And if it sparks an interest for them to want to better their fitness and try something new, beautiful. Love that. What I just hope is that they would recognize is that that's not the best starting point. Like, it's, that's like going into a boxing gym without any boxing skill and you want to learn a Floyd Mayweather combination. Right. It's like, it's, that's not going to work. And like, because I mean, we think about what flows are they're combinations, right? It's it's linking movements together and being able to transition. Like, trying to to mimic a flow, and you have little to no experience with kettlebells, you need to understand what each of those movements do on them do on their own first before you can start to blend it together. Like, I need to know what a jab does individually, know what a straight right hand does individually, know what a left hook does and feels like individually, and then once I know what they look and feel like, then I start. I putting yeah, I'm
0: sure it's like, I've never gone to dance and I'm a terrible uh, at dancing, but like, if you're learning to dance, I'm sure that you just don't learn the whole dance at once. You're going to be breaking it down into pieces and then putting Got it together. It. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and you know what, that's a great analogy because when you think about getting into like, okay, flow, so going to flow, for example, it is sort of like a dance. It's a, it's a strength dance. Right? Absolutely. It's the, it's the ability to move fluidly and seamlessly and then not just on your own but with another object so it's like the kettlebell is like a dance partner
0: do you know what <laughs> i can i think i i took your uh your kettlebell academics course and it was absolutely fantastic i recommend uh when uh, are you do do you plan on getting that back up at some point I so what's we'll think... up
1: we'll, yeah we're gonna talk about the end i do have some something on yeah. the pipeline yeah
0: perfect man that's exciting yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it was an amazing course and uh Good, uh, just to uh, get one last thing about the flows and the complex, uh, what's the difference between flows a uh, flow and a complex?
1: Right. So, okay. So like I said, you know, coming back to the question. So obviously, starting off with individual single movements, the most important thing. Learn each movement, the ins and outs of it as much as you can. Then when it comes to flows and complexes, so flows, it's they're both sequence of movements. They're, all, they're both meant of extending work capacity, work volume is a way to get more reps in. The difference with a flow and a complex is, so a complex, you're gonna do a certain number of exercises, but you're doing a certain number of reps for each exercise. So you could have, say, a sequence of three movements, and you're gonna be doing four, anywhere from four to five moves, whatever number it is, but it's a certain number of movements you're doing with each one. So with a complex, the benefits of it, we're gonna get more benefits, is if you're looking at more increasing your strength endurance. So you're looking at increasing your strength with movements, so you want to get stronger in your squats, you want to get stronger in your presses, or whatever moves you're working on, and then being able to extend your work capacity going into another movement. So what I like complexes, and I relate it to, is the example of, say, a basketball player who has, or a soccer player who has to transition between levels of activity going from a full sprint to a jog to a backpedal to engaging an opponent whether it's a basketball player on a sprint down the floor going up for a layup to getting back on defense to side shuffle so it's be able to sequence different energy systems
0: kind of undulating through explosive like almost like grinds ballistics like undulating through kind of a different application there
1: well it could be whatever combination of movements you want to put together right if you want to do all grinds it's going to be a more strength grind but endurance capacity so being able to extend the amount of time you can maintain your grind principles right so that's where complexes become a major become a good advantage where it's kind of like saying it's being able to test your skills in the deep end if that makes sense so you know so now doing say rack squ- or rack squats Your form can have a certain amount of of, uh, fatigue to go through. And then, can you maintain a certain amount of energy to go into a next movement and then perform with the level of technique efficiency as if you started with that movement? So, you know, and going back to like the athlete idea, it's the idea of training yourself to be stronger in the third and fourth quarter as you are in the first and second quarter.
0: That's awesome, I'm way out of my league here with talking about combos and flows because I haven't <laughs> done it. And uh, I remember when, it, when I did it with uh, one with you a couple of years ago, it was it a was fantastic uh, feeling. And I used to juggle a lot, I spend hundreds of hours uh, juggling a soccer ball, just putting my music on and just kicking the soccer ball around. And it was like, it was like a form of art and expression. It was a good time. Um, yep. But like, I could very much see uh, it, me getting into some juggling at some point and uh, get, get some flows happening. But I'll definitely have to uh, go down that rabbit hole. I do intend on doing it and going outside my comfort zone uh, with those and with kettlebell sport as well. Um, I I want to thank you. uh, We're definitely going to have to do a a, a second uh, podcast on this at some point in time. (laughs) Um, I uh, didn't get through all my stuff I wanted to get through to you. I didn't I didn't get through all the stuff I wanted to today with you. Okay.
1: Um, So so let just finish up the last point when it comes to Absolutely. Uh, the last thing when it comes to flows is it, it's now you're instead of doing a, a set number of repetitions for a movement, now it's a quicker transition. So where flows are tougher is it's one rep of a movement and then it's a quicker transition. So it's like the idea of a boxing combination or it's changing. It's the ability to transition sooner. So it, it challenges more of your neural adaptation. It challenges your spatial awareness.
0: So, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. So I want to fully understand this flow. So a flow would be like one, like you're not like if it would a flow could be turned into a complex. If you do it two repetitions. Yes. Is that accurate? Okay. I fully yes. understand that now. Okay. Yeah. That's really neat. So a yeah. flow would be no more than one repetition and you're flowing and transitioning very pretty and efficient uh, in between movements.
1: Well, whether it's pretty efficient, that's uh, based on the individual, Should be. Should but, be. But, but the, the goal, the, the goal, the goal is to do it efficiently. So the goal is to be able to find the, the ability to link a, say, a sagittal movement to a frontal movement to a transverse style plane, right? So the ability to find the change of direction, the ability to work with the inertia and the momentum, that you can find that transition through planes. So that's where flows become more challenging, is that the transitions happen sooner. So again, the spatial awareness and all that, just understanding where your, your, your I guess, balance or your center of gravity, and again, because the kettlebell is moving so, whether it's ballistically, um, in a lot of cases ballistically because of change of directions, but in whatever way you're going to be moving the bell, the difference of the movement changes the firing patterns in the muscles. It changes how the brain has to fire. So that's where the flows become more challenging. Where again, like you said, with a complex, you have a little bit more time to gear yourself up for the change of pattern.
0: Gotcha. Thanks yeah. for taking the time to explain those. I'm... Uh... I'm going to yeah. chat with you after this and uh, possibly chat about getting some coaching from you. Cause I think I could benefit from it and uh, dive into something different. We'll chat about that after um, yeah, no
1: doubt. we, we, we got to get to the rest of the questions that you sent.
0: Yeah, for uh, sure. I've actually, I have a podcast with John Odin after this, so I've got to gotcha. get onto gotcha. that one, but I do want to ask you right now. Um, when did, when did you start kettleball academics? What's your vision for it and uh, how can people reach you if they have questions or inquiries?
1: so i started kettlebell academics in 2019. Um, my vision for kettlebell academics is to become the premier kettlebell education resource in the world and the goal is to help enhance people's competitive and physical strength and stamina to be able to handle whatever it is they want to handle whether it's sport everyday life i believe kettlebells are not just a training tool they are a vehicle to helping you establish and create a, a greater foundation and excel yourself to be even better than you are today.
0: That's fantastic. I absolutely love that vision and uh, you're doing a fantastic job with it. And I have no doubt that uh, you're going to be helping hundreds if not thousands of people. Actually, you've probably already helped thousands of people uh, and you'll continue to help thousands more. So it's uh, it's fantastic, I'm just spreading uh, the love of of kettlebells and what they can do uh, for people, and uh, you're doing the same thing. so it's uh, we're on a mission together. Uh, so definitely. Uh, definitely it's it's definitely. a fantastic mission. and uh, I very much look forward to uh, to chat with you in the future. Um, one more thing, if if somebody had any questions, do you have any uh, anywhere that we can direct them uh, to to get uh, those questions answered or inquiries answered? Sure,
1: DM me at Drew underscore Miller underscore KBPT. If you have any training questions, technique questions, um, you can also check me out at Kettlebell Academics, at Kettlebell Academics. i got two pages there. Um, You have to shoot me out, hit me up a DM, and uh, if you have any questions about kettlebells, and I'll let you know about what I got coming soon down the pipeline. But uh, Colin, man, thanks for the time, man. Love what you're doing, man. It's always great to talk about uh, kettlebells and strength and awareness, and I think it's important that this genre has more voices speaking out about it. You know, I know the interest is growing. The curiosity is growing. People are really getting excited about kettlebell training and what it can do for them. Uh, I think the more information we can spread and the more coaches can really speak up on this thing, I think you can really, establish itself as i think as a premier tool and like i said as a vehicle to really help people especially where we are i think at this time you know and whether we're in this pandemic or going to the endemic you know our mental health and physical health is going to be a a premier topic um, of need and i truly believe the kettlebell can be a a premier vehicle to help a lot of people get there so keep doing what you're doing man this is awesome uh, love being on it and i can't wait to do it again
0: I really appreciate what you just said there. That's fantastic. Uh, I'll just tell everybody that I've, uh, if they've been listening to the podcast, I've said that I've had one hell of a past few years, been the hardest two years of my life. Um, going through uh, a lot of stuff. Um, and, uh, I've been off training, but I recently got, I was off training. Now I've been back on training for the last three months and, uh, doing a lot of kettlebell work and, uh, it's, it's done a lot, uh, for me mentally. Uh, so it, it goes hand in hand. If, if physical activity uh, really bleeds over into uh, other parts of your life and uh, it helps with mental health uh, tremendously. So, um, yeah, if you Look guys are ha- having some issues Look with down. mental health, like obviously get checked out and all that stuff. Go talk to your doctors and, and talk to people and seek help. But uh, try some physical exercise. Uh, it goes a long way and it has for me. So anyways, um, outro here. Thank you all for listening to the podcast, I'm sure. I sure am having a lot of fun uh, chatting with these amazing people. I'm happy to be able to provide you guys uh, with value and knowledge that you can take and home and benefit from. These tools that we use are used by many strong and smart individuals. Uh, they use them because they're the best to get the job done. The job is to improve performance and uh, be ready for life and these tools do it. Uh, this is Colin Lake from the Great Lakes Gear Podcast uh, with our special guest Drew Miller. Uh, we are out for now, take care guys and uh, follow us on Apple and Spotify. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you, everybody.